Hello and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Wednesday. This is the 24th week after Pentecost. This week we are continuing our reading of 1 Samuel, and uh, this week we're reading about David's early years as God's anointed. He is on the run from Saul, not yet enthroned. But I wonder how God might be at work teaching us to rely on and trust in the Lord, informing us and shaping us, uh, even if we haven't come to the fruition of everything that God has planned uh, for us. And now, we begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving, and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God, and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. You have been born anew through the abiding word of God. A reading from 1 Samuel, chapter 21. David came to Nob, to the priest Ahimelech. Ahimelech came trembling to meet David and said to him, Why are you alone and no one with you? David said to the priest Ahimelech, The king has charged me with a matter and said to me, No one must know anything of the matter about which I send you and with which I have charged you. I have made an appointment with the young men for such and such a place. Now then, what have you at hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever is here. The priest answered David, I have no ordinary bread at hand, only holy bread, provided that the young men have kept themselves from women. David answered the priest, Indeed, women have been kept from us, as always, when I go on an expedition. The vessels of the young men are holy, even when it is a common journey. How much more today will their vessels be holy? So the priest gave him the holy bread, for there was no bread there except the bread of the presence, which is removed from before the Lord to be replaced by hot bread on the day it is taken away. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord. His name was Doeg the Edomite, the chief of Saul's shepherds. David said to Ahimelech, Is there no spear or sword here with you? I did not bring my sword or my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. The priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, is wrapped up in a cloth behind the ephod. If you will 
Take that, take it, for there is none here except that one. David said, There is none like it. Give it to me. David rose and fled that day from Saul. He went to King Achish of Gath. The servants of Achish said to him, Is this not David, the king of the land? Did they not sing to one another of him in dances? Saul has killed his thousands, and David his ten thousands. David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of King Achish of Gath. So he changed his behavior before him. He pretended to be mad when in their presence. He scratched marks on the doors of the gate, and he let spittle run down his beard. Achish said to his servants, Look, you see the man is mad. Why then have you brought him to me? Do I lack madmen that you have this fellow play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? The word of the Lord. On the run in Hungary, David seeks out allies and people willing to help. The priest Ahimelech meets David in fear and trembling, but provides bread for David and his companions, who are out of sight at this time. The only bread around, however, is the bread of the presence, the holy bread offered to the Lord. Ahimelech offers the bread to them on the condition that they are not ritually unclean. In the Gospels, Jesus will use this story to explain why his own hungry disciples are not condemned in plucking heads of grain and eating them on the Sabbath day. It is a way of explaining how satisfying a profane hunger is more important than observing the letter of the law of Sabbath or of ritual holiness and cleanliness, but Maybe even deeper than that is the overriding desire for God to provide for and sustain God's anointed one and his companions. From Ahimelech, David, who is unarmed, also receives Goliath's sword, not only a fine weapon, but also a reminder of how the Lord has fought for David in the past and how the Lord is with him now. Filled and armed, David continues his run away from Saul. Over the course of these next few chapters, we will see him develop into a leader. He's going to develop and uh, lead his political and military alliances. He's going to bring and gather and rally those strengths. He is no longer the young shepherd boy or the young man with the gift for music and poetry. He is uh, already a championed warrior, an able-bodied general, and he is emerging as the kind of military and political threat to Saul that Saul has always feared him to be all along. It's funny, in driving him from his court and doubting David's loyalty and allegiance, Saul actually forces David to actively take the steps that he needs to take to not only preserve his own life, but to create a base of loyalty and support of his own. His excursion into Gath and his time with the Philistines there reminds him that there he is no ordinary Israelite. In fact, the ruler of Gath and his servants already regard him as king of Israel. Samuel knows by the revelation of the Lord at his anointing, Jonathan foresees David becoming king by the Spirit, and now the Philistine leader, the enemies, and the nations around him affirms this as well. But that revelation only makes life more dangerous for David, and so he acts the madman and is expelled from the town. We have wondered as we've gone along, we've wondered out loud why God's plan is so slow to develop and why with so much fear and pain for the Lord's anointed. Let's consider this. David is righteous. He has been a loyal and faithful servant of Saul. He's been a loyal and faithful servant of the Lord, his God, and of his people. 
And while his fame has grown, it has only served to benefit Saul and to bring glory to God. Davis is righteous and without blame in regards to any of the oaths or covenants or agreements or allegiances that he has has made. Perhaps, though, if the Spirit of the Lord still rested on Saul, perhaps if Saul was still in his right mind, then Saul would have been able to see that, see that and love David. David then, righteous and just as he is, would not have betrayed Saul or his friend Jonathan. And if that was the case, how would David ever ascend to the throne? If David was always going to be the loyal servant of Saul and his family, there's no room for him to become king. And so we are reminded that it is God that has established a new kingdom in David. But this kingdom cannot come to life unless it is rejected by the old kingdom. And it is this old regime that in persecuting David is exposed for the unfaithful kingdom it is. Exposed as unfaithful. And as we'll see in the days ahead, as a way that chooses power and death and jealousy and madness over the ways of the Lord. And that sets the scene for the arrival of God's faithful one and the coming of God's new kingdom. And this is why these stories still speak to us today, because they speak of Jesus and the coming of the kingdom of God. And they help us to see it in a fuller, deeper, richer way. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, Blessed are you, Lord, God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, and you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the communion of faith in your church and for the gift of relationship with others. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world, heal the hurts of all of your children, and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus the living Lord. Especially we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land and especially for our congregation, for those who govern the nations of the world, for people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, for all who work for peace in international harmony, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction. 
For who else or what else do we pray this morning? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage, hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.